Hello and welcome to the Covenant Eyes podcast. I'm Karen Potter, joined today by Brandon Clark, and we are so glad to have you join us for this great conversation. Yeah, we sure are. And if this is your first time listening in, you might be wondering what it's all about. Well, in this podcast, we like to talk about some tough topics like pornography, but we have a cross-section of professionals each week who share must-have programs, tools. In today's episode, we'll share a great book with you, actually a couple of great books, and just whatever you need to be able to battle against pornography. We also have a very special guest with us today, and we're so excited to introduce him in just a moment. But before we do that, we just want to let all of our listeners know we love to hear from you, and we love to hear mm-hmm. what you think about this show. So please send us your thoughts, your feedback. You can email us at podcast at covenanteyes.com. Again, that's podcast at covenanteyes.com. And then don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, please do that because we want to continue to get better. We want to continue to provide what you need to to help battle against pornography, as you were mentioning. Thanks, Brandon. And today our topic is a really exciting topic. The title of today's show is Deceptively Effective, What Our Screen-Saturated World Is Doing to You. This sounds like a really powerful conversation. And who better to talk about this topic than Covenant Eyes' very own Doug Smith, a passionate voice in the epic battle against screen addictions, especially through his award-winning book and audiobook, unintentional how screens secretly shape your desires and how you can break free doug brings practical experience to this area as a dad of four daughters and a man who struggled fallen fought and by the grace of god overcome the power of screens hi Mm -hmm. doug (laughs) what a blessing karen and brandon it's such an honor to be here thank you so much for this time yeah, we're so glad to have you. You know, uh, one of the other things uh, that you sent over in your bio, I just would love to get your feedback on is you've been a software developer for even Fortune 500 companies, you know, startups, universities, government agencies. How did you get into this? How did you get into software development? And I'm curious to know how that's going to tie into talking about how we need to be careful of screens and technology. That's a great question, Brandon. You know, I, I mean, I've kind of was a nerdy kid. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the, if you talk to a, a lot of developers, we kind of, you know, played with electronics, did different things over, over our lifetime, kind of naturally drawn to that sort of thing, like Star Trek, you know, that sort of thing, <clears throat> drawn into it. But um, I really uh, dove into it at the beginning, really the, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm old enough now to be able to say it kind of at the beginning of the internet era and got into um kind of a different path than a lot of developers. I took more of a computer-based trainings path through it. Got, that was my first professional gig. And uh, then got into internet and web web programming and eventually got into some backend and database development. Um, I could go a long ways on that. But <clears throat> ultimately, yeah, I did spend, the time that I spent with especially Fortune 500 companies was a lot of times on marketing technology. And so I have seen a lot of the behind the scenes at least early on as to how things were happening, even before the smartphone was introduced in 2007. And so as I saw as I saw these technologies get smaller and faster and better, and then the algorithms get better, and then the intentionality behind it get better, <clears throat> I just felt really, really inspired to, to speak into it, not only as a developer, but also as, as Karen mentioned, a dad, a Christian, and a, and, um, and, and a Bible student as well. 
So Doug, I, you brought up a lot of great points and I don't know if we mentioned this, I kind of hinted to it, but you actually, um, and for our viewers out there and our listeners, you actually are an Android engineer here with Covenant Eyes. So the, the most interesting thing about this conversation is that you know, you are here, you're the power behind the technology that we're building to help people find freedom from pornography. And you're writing books about the addictive nature of pornography and how it's, you know, giving us these unintentional effects in our lives. So this is going to be a really dynamic conversation. I'm super excited. Um, there are so many things that we could get started on. But first, I just want to kind of start with a little bit of your story and what led you to write this book, Unintentional. Yeah, thank you, Karen. I, just real quickly, I, um, uh, I've been a fan of Covenant Eyes for 15, 16 years in my own journey and struggles and so uh, and my mentoring of other guys. And uh, so when I wrote my book, which the first edition came out in 2018 and the second edition in 2021, but Covenant Eyes was mentioned three times. And I actually met Sam Black at a conference where we were both speaking. And this was about, this was 2019. And that and we met and he told me about Covenant Eyes and what was going on here. And uh, I ended up becoming an Android developer at that point. So I'm super grateful. Like, like I mentioned it earlier, this is a many decade journey uh, with me um, cheering Covenant Eyes on behind the scenes, but now in, on the front lines. So, uh, but yeah, in, the, in terms of the book side, I, um, as I mentioned, I, I've seen us from behind the scenes and also as a, as a user, as a dad, I've seen the changes that have happened. And it's hard to remember, again, the smartphone came out in 2007. There were issues, of course, before that, but they really got amped up when we could carry around the internet in our pocket. And so the things that you started, we started seeing not only, and, and I was a late adopter. And so I was, cause I was also questioning things, but still when I, I even got my first one, it was free in 2010. And I felt that pull, I felt that what's going on here. Um, and then I saw family and friends. And of course we all been to a restaurant where you look at the family sitting there and they're all on their devices. I'm like. It's like they've been taken over by a, you know, by a B-grade sci-fi movie, I say. And it's like, well, what, how did this happen? And um, so I did start going down the rabbit hole of research around 2014 because um, I, I had a feeling about it and I had participated in a kind of at a small degree, but I didn't really realize what was going on on the massive scale. And that's when I got into uh, the, the deep research and found uh, myself really feeling called in 2016 to, to go on what ended up becoming a two and a half year journey to write this book. Uh, I didn't see another book out there that really went down the road that I did in terms of showing what was going on and then spending the time with the solutions that had helped me not only overcome uh, like general screen addiction, but also pornography. I, have, I also have a pornography story, uh, overcoming pornography story as well, um, like many of us. And so it just, I'm um, super grateful for to be able to package all that into this, uh, this book that I hope is gonna be super helpful to people. You know, I, I've been reading through this book with my wife, Doug. It, it's very good, and I highly recommend our listeners to look into that. We'll, we'll tell you how you can do that a little bit later here. But one of the things that really shocked me was that there are people who look into and deeply study things like the psychological impacts of, of screens, and they work hard to make things, you know, beep and, and shimmer and, you know, notify us in all kinds of different ways for the purpose of keeping us coming back to those. And so I think the title of today's podcast really says it all, that we're being effectively deceived by these 
screens. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, you know, what's happening? Because maybe share some of the, the statistics because they're really striking, Doug. You know, when you, it is, it's like anything, when you go down the rabbit hole, um, you, you understand that there is way more going on. We all have the feeling of it, right? It just, but it kind of just happened. It's like weeds that grew up in a field that was not well tended. But yeah, the, the, one of the startling statistics is that the average digital media consumption, and we're talking about social media, video games, streaming video platforms, is eight hours a day. That's the average. And that's uh, by a company called eMarketer. And there's a lot of other corroborating studies that, that show that um, and, and how that has exploded over time. And you can stratify that across demographics and all the rest. But just taking that eight hour a day number, that's like way more than a full-time job. And so we, we have to understand, well, how did that happen? And, and sometimes that happens um, through multitasking, like people stream Netflix and then um, go through Instagram at the same time. Um, but still, you're, that's consuming digital media. How did that happen? It didn't happen because all of us were like, man, when I grow up, you know what I really want to be when I grow up? I want to send my most personal data to the biggest corporations in the world so that they can keep me more and more hooked on their platforms. You know, we didn't want to do that. So how did that happen? It happened because we're unintentional, but they are super, they're some of the most intentional and successfully intentional companies. As you mentioned, they hire top behavioral psychologists, neuroscientists, um, they learn to exploit weaknesses. They do thousands upon thousands of experiments. Everything you can possibly imagine. Every When you're streaming Instagram, when you're flicking Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, if you linger, they know. If you watched and clicked something, they know. If you flicked by it fast, they know. Why do they know that? Because their one goal is to keep you engaged, keep you on the platform. And it works really, really well. And so um, anyway, yeah, so that's what happens. And what, what we've learned over the studies is that they, the techniques that they use work in exactly the same way as drug addictions do. The brain scans show it um, in, in addictions to video games, to social media, to pornography, and to um, uh, you know, like heroin and, and drugs like that. They can tell through brain scans. It's the same patterns because the same pleasure cycles and the same addiction forming uh, characteristics are present in all of those things. Just really quick, I wanted to add, you know, I, in the book, you had a quote from the Netflix CEO who said, they're now, because we have utilized all of our waking hours, they're now working to compete against sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they're doing what we they can to keep you up late at night to keep streaming. I, I thought that was very intriguing and scary. You, you know, and it's true, like they invented autoplay, right? They, they've added a new feature recently uh, that I read about. I don't subscribe because I'm, I'm a part of the resistance, but, um, but they added a new feature that's just called play something. Like not only do we not, do they not want us to stop, but they don't want us to even choose. Like, oh, I can't even decide what to watch. I just want to burn the next five hours of my night, click. And, and, and the, the real insidious part is like, now I wanna relax. What's the first thought that comes to mind? Netflix, why? Because they put that thought into our minds and then they get us when we're at our most vulnerable. And I talk to, I mentor guys, you know, I have a lot of guys I'm an ally for. What typically, where does that path typically go down on somebody struggling with pornography? It goes to a more salacious video, it goes to more, you know, takes you down a, a more sexualized road. And so that's on purpose. 
And that's where I want people to understand this is not an accident. Doug, you bring up uh, some really good points here too. And I think for our listeners, um, specifically people that are trying to, to support the, you know, church leaders and men's ministry leaders that might be listening, they're supporting men who are struggling with pornography addiction. The same principles that big tech is using to hook us into all their social media platforms are the exact same principles that places like Pornhub and all the others are using to hook us into pornography. Um, you know, one of my biggest frustrations and concerns is that, you know, children's brains are still being developed. And so we're, we're you know, as adults, we struggle with being pulled into this space of, you know, social media and pornography addictions and all the rest. But our kids' brains aren't even fully developed yet. Their prefrontal cortex is still developing into their mid-20s. And yet we're pushing them into the hands of technology. Can you talk a little bit about the danger uh, for parents, you know, just handing these devices to to their children and what that can really do? And that's a huge, huge area. Um, so everything you said is just, yes, ditto. Um, the people don't realize, um, well, well, let me just first say the, um, validate everything you said, the, the, the brain science shows that because kids' brains are developing at, we think about what before technology, what were, what were we doing in our, what, what do we want kids to be doing? What do we want? We want them to be learning languages. Why? Because as a kid, we know it's a lot easier to learn a language. We want them to take piano lessons. It's a lot easier to learn a musical instrument. Why? Because your brain is wired as a kid to have possibilities. But going into our teens, our brains start optimizing for what we have ever been doing the rest of our life, right? So we, so they call it synaptic pruning and they, it actually, we trim back and optimize so that we can do more quickly the things that we've been doing. So people who are really good at sports get even better. They're probably not gonna pick up the violin. The violinist gets better, but they're probably not gonna pick up, you know, basketball, whatever, you know, those kind of things. Um, that's all the natural God-given gifts that we've been given. But what we're getting now by giving our kids these devices at early and earlier ages, their brains are being optimized for pleasure, for entertainment, for the quick fix, for addiction. And it's heartbreaking um, because we see the effects. We see, a, a, I mean, you can trend, the trend lines on introduction of the smartphone, 50%, um, like I think the past 50% penetration around 2015. And then what do we see when kids, especially anxiety, depression, suicidality, um, self-harm, we see um, we see degradation of social skills. We see decrease in education. Just all these negative effects, health effects, even obesity. I mean, all these things are tied to what video games and social media and streaming video platforms. And but yet we continue to do it. And then why do we do that? Because again, the industry is just dumping these devices in the schools, in our homes, making it normal. Um, just this is what everybody does. Why? Because everything new is great, right? Well, not, not so much. And it's not working out very good for our kids. I, my, my thing I've been saying for a while is I think the future kids, like today's kids, when they're adults, they're going to be going, they're going to look at the same, at it the same as if, you know, they, we'd been smoking and uh, we don't like, why did you give us cigarettes when we were 10 years old? Like, this is not, this isn't working out for us. So, uh, so yeah, it's a very, very um, troubling but the good news is with knowledge, we can, we can turn that around. We just have to be willing to be in, more intentional with our lives than the industry is. Absolutely. 
Uh, do you have, I mean, speaking of knowledge, you know, uh, the, the listeners to the show today probably are looking for some very practical tips uh, that they can, you know, use to not only break free from pornography, but perhaps their screen addictions. And then as adults, obviously, we model that for our children. So, you know, we, we help ourselves, we get ourselves, you know, using good um, behaviors on our technology, and then we can model that to our children. But what are some practical tips that you have to offer? Yeah, that's great. I um, most of my book is is about that. It's not um, like only the first four chapters are about what's going wrong. The rest of the twelve chapters are about how to how to break free, how to find freedom. And so there's a lot there. But just in terms of practical tips, uh, the um, I'll, I'll give a couple of just big picture ones that I really recommend. Um, we spend a lot of time in this space talking about what we shouldn't do, um, what um, because it's harm it's harming us. Don't do stuff that hurts you. Okay. Well, what do I do? That's, you have to have that positive vision. And so I encourage people to cast that positive vision for what their life could be like if they were walking in freedom. What are you fighting for? Not what are you fighting necessarily against? Yeah, we're fighting this massive battle against this industry, these industries, but what are you fighting for? As a Christian, I'm called by God for a greater vision. I'm called, I'm here for a purpose. And, um, and so I, I really encourage people, cast that vision, take the time to walk through a vision casting exercise so it will motivate you not only to to replace what i what i often say is a uh, you the only way you replace a no is if you have a better yes and so you've got to have that better yes to look forward to um but i think you know back to your discussion about the kids you know if, without a vision i think about there's a young man out there who who's got the skills to cure cancer right but he's addicted to Fortnite instead because nobody said hey you're really smart. You shouldn't be on Fortnite because look at the vision. You could cure cancer with those skills you have. Or that young woman who's got like C.S. Lewis st quality story writing skills, but she's perfecting her Instagram persona instead. Why? You know, and, and someone needs to catch that, help her catch that vision. And so that's, that's all vision casting. You know what? You have this amazing gift. Look what God gave you. And that's for any, every, everybody has those gifts. We're all here for a God-given purpose. So, so vision casting. So then the second thing I would say just real quickly is, um, is everything that I have in my book is based on, cause it's a Christian book. I'm a Christian and the only help I have to offer is Jesus. Um, well, he offered the help, right? We're just telling him, we're just telling people it's this. <laughs> so, so I just, I start by really digging into this concept of surrender to Christ. And what does that mean? And so as far as of a kind of an overall practical idea, explore the concept of what it really means to be 100% surrendered. He's the King of Kings. We're his allegiant servants. Um, so what that puts us into this posture, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains the world and those who dwell in it. So it's all his and including our devices and our time and everything, all of our relationships. And so from that posture of surrender, we don't then talk about things like balance. Like I should just balance. I should just, I'm more balanced than him. So I'm good. But from a person of surrender, it's like, eh, that's a whole different conversation. And we invite God to tell us what, what's appropriate for us in order to walk in the freedom and become the people we're called to be. I think that's really interesting, Doug. Uh, you know, when you mentioned the cure for cancer guy, I think about, 
this this idea of creative boredom you know if we don't if we're so into screens and we're busy constantly we don't have that time and even more so like so going deeper than that if we are so busy and into our screens and distracted how are we going to hear the voice of the lord in our lives and to be able to live that out and so what i would like to ask here is for the church leaders who are listening what would you say to them as far as the call to be countercultural? Because really, it's going to take some drastic steps and life changes so that we can, again, hear the voice of the Lord. We can see all around us in culture that the <laughs> the voice of the Lord is not being listened to. So what would you say, Doug? Oh, it's so good, Brandon. Thank you. Uh, I, we are called to be countercultural, but it's so easy. It's always been easy to just to go along. Um, we have an a, extra tension these days, of course, with the pandemic, right? A lot of churches have been pushed online. A lot of us have been, even as church leaders, have been like crafting our social platforms and doing all these things, right? So it's hard to be part of the resistance, but we've just got to catch a vision of why we need to. Um, one of the things I mentioned in my book is this I, is this reminder of Deuteronomy 6, which talks about which where the Shema is in there. Hear, hear O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, right? But then it says, these words are to be on your heart. Teach them diligently to your kids and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, bind them on your hands, put them on your forehead, write it on your gates, on your, on the wall, you know, so I'm not, I've gone off the memory there, but it's, um, what's this idea of immersion in God's truth in who he is. Well, what we need to understand is that the industry does, are, they're Deuteronomy sixing us. Because what do most people do when they sit in their house, when they lay down, when they rise up, when they're driving, when they're going to school, when they're, when they're in their house, what's on our walls, what's, you know, what it is, it's troubling when you, when you start saying that out loud, it's like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Well, it happened because they're intentional. So we've got to become, we've got to get back to just like the Israelite slaves were set free um, by God, pulled out of Egypt, Red Sea, all that. And now what? Deuteronomy 6 do the thing. So we've got to put these things into practice. And as church leaders, we can encourage that. We can, we have that opportunity to be able to help people understand that today's technology, today's screen technology, isn't like other technology. It isn't like, well, technology has been around. So it's just like, you know, the printing press is a big change. Not, well, the printing press wasn't intentionally designed to exploit your behavioral psychology. It, it was just gave you some words to put on a page. It changed things. Sure. But come on. Um, so don't, so like, don't build your TikTok following. Work on building an analog church. Um, there's actually a book called Analog Church um, that you might that you might look at. Work on work on in-person relationships. Don't make addictive technology part of your ministry. Don't make the youth group have to subscribe to Instagram to know what's going on. You know, find other ways um, to help people become overcome so that they're not driven to addictive technology because the church promotes it. Instead, help people find the freedom that they so desperately need in order, like you said, Brandon, to be able to hear God's voice and then become the people they are made by God to live out their lives to be. So awesome, Doug. And it's funny, you were talking a little bit about the analog church, and I actually read an article this morning about Gen Z and how Gen Z actually desires relational 
you know, closeness. They actually want mentors. They want people to look up to, and the church is failing them in some ways. Uh, and so what an opportunity for pastors and leaders and volunteers in the church that are looking to reach that next generation. And that generation is heavily involved in technology. I mean, they grew up, you know, it's kind of cradle to grave for them. Technology is everywhere. Um, so gosh, that was just really interesting that you brought that up. Um, so we're kind of coming to the end here, but I want to make sure that everyone listening to the podcast today knows how to get their hands on this book, Unintentional, because I think we need to educate and equip ourselves and then take that back to our home churches and find ways to, as groups of people, as a community, uh, roll out some of these best practices that you're talking about. So where can they get the book and how do they get their hands on it and share it with others? Thank you so much, Karen. I appreciate that. So pretty much every way to get the best way to contact me is thatdougsmith.com. I'm that Doug Smith because Doug Smith's a common name. So uh, that Doug Smith, which can either be positive or negative, you know, oh, you're that Doug Smith. So anyway, thatdougsmith.com. Uh, you can contact me there. The, the links to the book and the audiobook are there. There's a sample of it there. Uh, I also do some speaking at, at churches and conferences and things. And so I can, I can offer both discounts. I can do things to help churches. I love the church. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's why I did this. So I'd love to help uh, just reach out and let me know how I can help. Doug, what a pleasure it has been just visiting with you this morning, sharing these truths with others. We really appreciate your time. Oh, I'm super honored to be here. Thank you so much for the conversation. I loved it. And a reminder that if you also enjoyed this conversation, please spread the word. You know, this is how these things happen. You know, we talk about being called or cultural. It starts with you. So spread the word about this podcast. Leave us review. Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in each week for more conversations like this as we bring you topics with experts who are on the front lines like Doug. Uh, you can also drop us a note with your thoughts and feedback by emailing podcast at covenanteyes.com. That's podcast at covenanteyes.com. And lastly, if you have not taken advantage of our 30-day free trial of Covenant Eyes, please be sure to check that out. You can use the promo code on our website, free podcast. Again, that's free podcast on our website at covenanteyes.com. And you can try the Covenant Eyes software that Doug and other amazing developers here at Covenant Eyes so carefully craft and develop to help you find freedom from pornography. So with that, I do want to thank you all for joining us for another amazing episode of the Covenant Eyes podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later. Yeah.